so uh, good morning good afternoon good evening uh good overnight i'm Ang- uh, i'm gonna call myself <laughs> Ant today formerly known as Ant. yeah when well, i know you see because we used to introduce ourselves anthony price and you go i'm jonathan bradley oh, but yeah. more recently you've gone a bit hip and gone well i'm jv now so uh so i'm gonna be ap uh and you are jb nice. did i get that right <laughs> I think so. I think so. I get very confused. Sometimes people um, surprise me, particularly um, at a, you know, had a few at a bar or something. And they'll say, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? And it takes me back to when I was a little boy, when I used to introduce myself. I think I was a bit special, to be fair, (laughs) special in the, you know, kind of a bit weird. And I used to say, my name is Jonathan Aubrey Charles, Jonathan Aubrey Strawberry, Prince Charles Bradley. Um, and so I'm still caught up on that. Uh, if I'm a bit tired or I've had a few, uh, if someone comes up to me at a bar and says, what's your name? I will probably say, my name is Jonathan Aubrey Strawberry, Prince Charles Bradley. And then they'll just quickly walk away, realising that there is no hope for this poor creature standing in front of them. And equally, for those data thieves out there, you've now got JB's full official name and his date of birth is um, and his phone number and zip code. Ah, but I could be Prince or Strawberry, couldn't I? And good luck trying to locate me with those names. Actually, they probably could. Yeah. So um, welcome along to the Global Leadership Podcast. As you know, dear listeners, every week we tackle listener questions and leadership themes all around people management. Um, And um, all very exciting. We have a live audience today who have questions. We also have some submitted questions as well in advance of recording today. If you have a question and you're listening to us via the recording, you can email those to globalleadershippodcast at gmail.com or glp at seedle.com and they will come through to us to discuss each week of course um via seedle we have lots of other leadership webinars and sometimes we keep those questions back for further discussion but jb this week has the theme and he sent me an infographic last night to stimulate the conversation for today's podcast but i'll hand over to jb to reveal that exciting fact here's the quote courage doesn't always roar sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying i will try again tomorrow now for me that's that's a a pretty bold statement given the 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 climate in which um we operate and lead teams and businesses and i think jb is the reason jb well jb tell what, what what made that jump out to you um because i thought of you when i read it and I know that you're under quite a lot of pressure on deadlines and getting things out, getting things done. And I think what you're doing as a business, in a business, is actually pretty courageous. And under that sort of pressure, uh, just being able to get up the next day and keep on doing things when your head might be so full of stuff and maybe maybe at times there's a possibility that a little self one could creep in um and you know the self two gets a little bit sabotaged and i'll explain this 
um, and Ant knows where I'm going with this now. But um, Timothy Galway, <laughs> the inner game <laughs> available all good bookstores. Um, he has this fantastic uh, way of of looking at the mind, and you turn up to a tennis game or to a business meeting or you know talking to 250 people and yourself one uh is likely to say you don't want to do that you know you're not very good it was always your brother that was better at that sort of thing than you and you don't lack you lack the competency uh, to do this you know that don't you and you haven't done enough preparation anyway that's self one okay and it's um it's there sabotaging yourself too and it's it say before you go on um for me i always visualize it like you know in the old looney tune cartoons we have the the angel with the harp and the devil on the shoulder yeah i almost imagine to your point that self one sits on this shoulder talking in that air ah. and self two is kind of trying to speak on this shoulder but do you can't know, get its voice out there's so many so i do a, a, a lot of um a coaching work with people and i use self one and self two to sort of just get some conversation going about their self one and their self two and so many people do exactly what you just did and they have this little imaginary voice and sometimes they they kind of visualize it as a little person um that's quite that's quite interesting in fact um i've got this is this is the book for the audience that can actually see it um that's how important it is that it's right in front of me anyway self one sabotages self two you know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a voice that um, can interfere uh, with our potential, with our belief in ourselves. Self two is more the um, brilliant uh, automated self, and when I say automated, um, it automated in the sense that we don't have to really think uh, at that point how well we're flowing, how well we're doing, um, because the body and the mind is so capable of so many things. We have so much potential, and that is that is self too it's this sort of relaxed concentration you know when you get into something like tennis or golf or even driving the car or getting in front of an audience and you're just flowing you're not even reading anything anymore you're just having a really good conversation with you know maybe 100 250 people and it's just just relaxing it's just i'm 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 okay i'm good with this um so i think sometimes it's quite useful to think about life in terms of the uh, the self one and self two and how am i doing today with whatever the task is whatever the thing is that i'm doing am i am i kind of full of self one or full of self two and so i sent that to ant thinking if you've got stuff that's interfering uh, right now in your self one world uh, then you know just getting up tomorrow morning um, sometimes can be uh, a, a courageous thing to do in the context of a startup and um, you know building a business so that's what prompted me a long long-winded way of of saying that's why I sent it to you because I didn't know where oh, it's not for the was. podcast whoops <laughs> ah, um, well, well no but I, I thought well actually um you know why not why not raise it in the podcast i know it's a bit personal for you but what no. do you think I, I well to be fair you know i replied immediately before even realizing yeah. it was in the context of the podcast you've just given me a statement that resonates with me so for the benefit of the the, the audience the, the the quote again courage doesn't always roar 
Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying in speech marks, I will try again tomorrow. And I think for a lot of leaders right now, um, there is perhaps a misconception in the current climate that courage is all about the raw. It's taking risks. It's doing things you wouldn't normally do, which of course does still go into that, that jar of courage. But actually, I would say at the moment, with some persistent resilience, really, I would say that actually, yeah, the, sometimes in an evening, and last night was, so the moment that JB sent it, let me see what time it was. Let me just tell you, he sent it to me at half past 10. I hadn't long come in from mowing our jungle of a lawn. Um, we've had really mixed sunshine and showers here for the last couple of weeks, and my lawn was completely overgrown. I got home from work last night. I come in the office two days a week, Wednesdays, Thursdays. I'm in the office now in the meeting room. Um, and um, I'd had a, a, a frustrating day yesterday. Um, and actually this, the timing of this message was, was actually quite, <clears throat> quite useful. And it was really a good reminder that actually, yeah, courage sometimes is for many leaders. It, it's about coming in tomorrow and we'll, we'll, we'll go again. That, that's what we do. Um, and I think to link to the inner game of tennis by Timothy Galway available at all good bookstores. Uh, and if you use the voucher code JB469, he earns 10 pence for each recommendation. Um, I think <clears throat> um, self two will perhaps be saying to that to you quietly. That's fine. Tomorrow is another day. We're going to do it all over again. Sorry, I've got a dry voice. One second. So <clears throat> I quite sexy, actually. Thank you. Well, it, it, unfortunately, it's not one of those, you know, when you, your voice just completely stops and just goes, and then you get a really dry throat. It's that kind of dryness I can feel coming on. Um, we've got a freshly painted office, which I think has dried everything out a bit, unfortunately. Um, anyway, um, so I think from a leader's perspective, I think this is useful right now because as people managers all over the world, which I recognize the live audiences and the listeners to this podcast, is that at the moment we are having to be pretty courageous. We're having to be persistent in the face of setbacks. We're having to have difficult conversations of reassuring our team. We're steadying the ship. Some of our organizations we're working with are going through some really difficult times right now. You know, the hospitality sector is on its knees. Um, property sector is booming, for example, on comparison. Some organizations are thriving and are relatively resilient to COVID. Other businesses are being crippled, not necessarily by their customers deserting them, but they're being crippled by the fact that their workforce are having to isolate and therefore their product isn't available to the audiences of which they serve. <clears throat> and therefore, leaders are really at the moment being tested like they've never been before. And I think for me, this statement is so powerful because I think if we don't keep telling ourselves, it's okay, I'll try again tomorrow, the risk is our reputation slips with our people. And I think <clears throat> I said to you, JB, we were, in fact, in last week's episode, you and me were talking about, um, I think, Olympians saying that their, you know, their mental health was struggling and they were stepping back from things. And I know there's a real mixed bag of opinion in public domain about whether that is a weakness or a strength. And in sport, is that an excuse you preventing other Olympians from competing by only stepping out the last minute? Is it actually gaming the system by saying mental health to have a, you know, effectively, I've, I remain unbeaten. I'm just not going to compete in this event. So there's all these sorts of comments out there. But equally, my point to JB was last week is that <clears throat> in business, if the buck stops with you, the risk of showing any sign of weakness 
can be debilitating to the business and ironically can put employees at risk. And the example I gave last week to JB was that if I said today, JB, I need a couple of months off. You know, JB is a, is a shareholder in, in the company like I am. Um, and if I was to stand up uh, to, a, to a group of the board and say, look, I need a couple of months off, uh, that would be a major risk to all the other employees. Now, by the way, just for the for the record, I'm I'm in a good space, but um, I have to. Uh, the the courage thing for me is is that you know, and and I think that's why JB gives reference to this comment, and I don't want to blow blow any smoke up my own backside here, but <clears throat> um, I think as a leader, myself one is reminding me that self two needs to keep playing that message. I will try again tomorrow. Everything's good. And we do have a lot of setbacks, but um, but again, I think all leaders right now are being tested. However, my point I want to get back to is that we deserve that that statement on repeat in our heads, and our leaders also need to have this statement to give to us. It's okay. We're going to try again tomorrow, because I don't know about the rest of you. If a business was to fail today, I would want my best people to come with me to my next employer. But the reputation of how I behave today will dictate whether they want to follow me tomorrow. And often we forget that. So if we stand up in front of our team today and say the business is shit, it's in a real mess. Um, by the way, that's not the case either <laughs> um, for, for, for us at Seedle. But you know, if I was to hypothetically say that uh, and came across as very unstructured, unstable, that creates even more uncertainty in my team's mind. And there they're going to go home and tell their, their husbands, their wives, their boyfriends, their girlfriends, their brothers, their sisters, whoever, um, that, that actually the boss is, is all over the place. And it's, this isn't safe. This isn't healthy for me to be in. So I think um, reputationally wise, that statement for me is also very powerful. But I also totally agree with JB, self one, self two, um, imposter syndrome, can be increased during weird periods. And I think for many businesses in the UK as furlough ends, for example, and there is less government funding to support the stability of your organization, it's not gonna be easy coming ahead. But the role of a leader, regardless of what's going on outside is to create as much certainty for our people as possible. So, you know, all of my messages, and ironically, <laughs> um, I guess some of the employees listen to this podcast, they will know my messages are all around it's good. We we will carry on, you know, in the face of setbacks. That's okay. We learn. The benefit of these setbacks are the, to learn. Brilliant. Exciting. Rather than <gasps> a challenge. Um, anyway, that, that's my take, JB, on your quote. Wow. <laughs> I, I, when I sent it, I thought, well, he's going to do some thinking on this. And my goodness, um, it was like setting your homework project. Um, no, overnight. Right, I'm I hope, sorry. I, I hope you got some sleep. Uh, I, I think it's really interesting that uh, this quote uh, brings out so much uh, really in its relevance to, to today and what's going on. And, you know, this this I, I think I'm noticing that some people are kind of oversteering, you know, that they're, they're they're overdoing it. Uh, they're, they are doing more of the roaring than than more of the uh, let's just tweak this tomorrow let's let's just keep doing what we're good at and just keep reviewing and keep thinking and keep twink tweaking i'm twinking Twinking, twerking oh my god I, I, that's I, I don't even want to go there 
Um, I I think that uh, this relates to uh, some other things that I've been looking at recently in my head, and that is um, habits and how to make habits stick, how to how to create behavioral change. And there's a sort of consistency uh, that that is within that quote and in changing behavior and changing habits. And it is little tiny habits and lots of them actually mean quite big behavioral change in the end. And there's this fabulous thing that I came across, which is MAP, which is motivation, ability and prompt. So um, I've instantly looked at that and thought, right, I'll, I'll take that as a sort of, you know, map of reality. Um, so you're looking at what's what's motivating you to change. What is the motivation? It might be that this isn't um, this habit, this this behavior uh, that I've got. And it might be that kind of roaring thing turning up um, and just having to be courageous in front of the team again and uh you know saying every we've got to be courageous we've got to be courageous i think that's possibly um a challenge too much sometimes it's it's too much and it's like thinking what, what else can i do um where i can actually do this mm. um my ability my thinking about what what's doable what behavior is out there that I could rethink, redo. What am I able to do? So, what's the motivation? Where's my ability? And being realistic, really realistic about what that is that I could do. And it might be just to start a tiny, weeny little habit. And it might be, Ant, in your case, saying to yourself at the end of the day, I will try again tomorrow and relaxing with that. And the, the third part of that is what's the prompt and it might be your prompt might be just at the point when you brush your teeth at night assuming you do I'm sure you do or or, or any other habits that you um, have um, you you attach it to that which is the prompt and you say this is the time for me to say I will try again tomorrow and then you begin to build on that and there's a there's a sort of habit forming skill and it is it is learning the skill of habit change but i think the thing that people might be a bit skeptical about is why why would i need the prompty thing well the prompt trains the brain it gives you that psychological uh connection and kind of the the thing that actually makes you remember because you've attached it to something that you do every day and then it, then it becomes normal and it's just a little thing. It's those little things. So you take that back to the organization um, where, you know, we want to be consistent in the way that we turn up. Uh, we can then get everybody in the team, everyone in the business, actually getting into that mindset of what are the, what are the little things that we can do collectively that will mean so much in the end. And there's good evidence uh, that the more people that do that, the more the change 
will stick. Um, uh, one, someone in the live audience has sent me a private message anonymously, <clears throat> um, so I won't read out their name. And they say, uh, "How about when you're feeling the pressure? Um, how do you? What's your coping mechanism?" Um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly there. I hope that's an accurate reflection of the question. Um, JB, say you to that what first? Um, <laughs> um I, I. <laughs> I, I, ha I have a simple answer, which JB would tell me if I said that to him, and that would be learn to breathe. Yeah. Um, um, I think, uh, I mean, look, it's difficult. I think first things first, uh, I think if you have the safety net to do so, speak to your boss about it and say, this is how I'm feeling right now. This is how I intend to respond to that feeling. But my people will not, under, you know, my people will realize everything, you know, as far as they're concerned, life is good my role is leading those people is that but boss i need to tell you this is how i'm feeling right now um you know what 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 support can you give me um what reassurance what do you know that can give me that comfort um and and let them <clears throat> understand those feelings if you don't feel vulnerable to that point but i think it's i think in certainly in the current climate um if i was a boss and i heard you say that i'd want to support you it wouldn't be seen as a threat to me I would want to be able to give you that stability. Other than that, JB would probably say breathing exercises. <laughs> well, breathing's flipping brilliant, isn't it? And um, people, again, it's a, it's another hugely underestimated thing. And and trust me, you know, I'm not into um, kind of crazy kind of weird shit, but um, I do actually think mindfulness has a place. I think yoga has a place. I think in both those, uh, breathing is is so so important. And I, uh, I've got the most brilliant um, yoga teacher who um, has really got my head round breathing. You know, I've spent all my life <clears throat> breathing, but I didn't realise uh, that there are different ways to actually really kind of relax, uh, go into meetings, uh, do presentations just getting your breathing really, really nice and slow, really <clears throat> good intakes of breath, really good um, getting the out breath right. And, you know, maybe doing some sort of physical uh, movement can really, that's a game changer. But I, for me, um, even more so, and I think breathing comes into this, uh, is, is going for a really good walk. So uh, it doesn't matter where you are, by the way. I mean, even if you're in a, an office, uh, you know, the, the, presumably you can get in and out of the office and go and walk somewhere um, and just walk. And just every so often, uh, just get out of your chair and go and walk. And I, I often find by the time I get back from whatever that thing is that I, I'm ruminating about or I'm worried about, uh, by the time I've done the walk, uh, it, it, there's, there's a part of my brain that is doing the thinking on it. And I get back and I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, okay, I've, I've got this. Um, you know, I'll try again. I'll try again. And, it, and it's all okay. Uh, so I, I, think, I think those two bits of advice, actually, I, I, the, the breathing and just getting out of your chair and going for a damn good walk, um, and don't even think about what you were worried about, what you were, and, and actually sometimes it just, it just can make sense by the time you get back. I walked uh, a couple of miles in my back garden, having to mow the grass several times at different Brilliant. heights. It came down. That was a, 
a good therapy. And I always find mowing the grass quite satisfying. So I won't lie. <laughs> well, it's it's also, you know, you get all sorts of stuff from that, don't you? The, the, the smell of cut grass, freshly cut grass, nothing like it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Shall we um, move to listener questions now? Because we? We, we do yes. have a few to get through. And if you're in the live audience, you can submit them in the Q&A box if you so wish. Just make sure you mark it anonymous if you don't want to use your first name. Um, first question comes in via email. Karmesh, who's happy to be named. Don't know where you are, Karmesh. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, you've talked, uh, yeah, you've talked about the best leadership qualities, but, um, sorry, you've talked about the best leadership qualities but from what you've seen is the worst habits. Oh, so I guess instead of best leadership qualities, what are the worst qualities or not even the qualities? What are the, 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 the leadership behaviors we see that we don't like and think are pretty poor in business? Uh, I mean, to be fair, my take would be you, we can reverse psychology every sentence. We talk about what should be a good habit, what not to do. Um, but I think my first one, JB, if I wouldn't mind going first, would be to spend your life being an instructor rather than flexing your style to be another type of person. I think if you are a manager that just instructs and tells people what they need to do and think, they don't have an opportunity to think for themselves. They don't feel empowered. And whilst that may work in the short term for your new joiners, if you don't continually think about being more conscious about empowering their thinking and changing your conversation style with those people, they're going to leave your business. So that, that would be my first one, but I'm going to hold all others back because I'm sure JB has a multitude of others. Well, so my first one, when I looked at this question, I, I, I just thought actually just not being present. You know, there's a lot of, lot of leaders uh, who just stay in their office or surround themselves with senior executives or um you know get get involved in paperwork or sticking their face into a computer or their phone and they're just not present and i can think of a few that i've worked with over the years where they are just not present to their people they're not available I i'm not even sure that they're present for anyone uh and I don't know whether they they're nervous or whether they're not people people or whatever, but they're not present for their people. Uh, they might be really good strategically. They might be really good tactically. They might be um, fantastic at all sorts of things. But you know that 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 brilliant CEO who just knows the names uh, of all the people that they can possibly physically know i mean sometimes it's a if it's a multinational uh international business it's hard to but make it your business to know as many as you possibly can and get to know them focus them and value them and and you know let it be known that that is your intention and be present be present not to be present for me um, means that you can't uh, run a business and you can't do what's right for the business or its people um so to build on my instructor habit if any of you are kind of confused what is he talking about it sounds a bit woolly well let me give you uh, an example um i know of an executive level leader that i used to work for i would never work for them again and their gender will also remain neutral <clears throat> um i've worked for both boys and girls um and this particular leader, their gender neutral at the time 
I can't tell you how they identify without giving away. Uh, he okay. or she um, only instructed. And bearing in mind, they, uh, they were managing people that were incredibly experienced, incredibly knowledgeable. They were hired for their technical skills. They were hired for their technical and leadership capabilities and their soft skills too. These people were all round brilliant people. And actually, most of the peers that I used to be in reporting into this individual have either remained in situ but been promoted within that organization or have gone on to amazing things. So to have a team of that competence, capability and engagement, I would imagine would have been a dream for a leader that inherited that group of people. So this person came into place with the team already built around them. All they had to do really was to continue the great work that was done by their predecessor who had moved on to Pastors New. And um, their style was to instruct. And these people weren't used to being instructed. They were ultimately aware that they were accountable for what they were accountable for, but they had the competence, the knowledge, the capability, the engagement, the willingness to do their thinking for themselves. They were autonomous in their areas. And ironically, all of a sudden, they became disempowered because actually there wasn't even a flexibility in this person's way of thinking to be interested in what they believed the other person, the manager might want to do. <clears throat> actually, their default was to tell them what to think. Well, in my experience, you should do this without understanding the context of the culture, the business, the situation. And ironically, nine times out of 10, they were only the subject matter expert of one of those disciplines. They ultimately were historically a HR business partner, yet they were telling the head of reward how to behave, the head of recruitment what to do, the head of L&D, my role, uh, what to do. And it came to a point where the head of recruitment, bearing in mind this leader had never led recruitment in their career, felt completely disempowered. Actually, their mental health started to suffer because of the treatment of this leader's instruction bordering on bullying and i fortunately had a good relationship with my boss and i took them to task on that statement because i used used to push back on instruction you want to tell me what to do i'll go somewhere else and fortunately that meant that they became very hands-off with me to the point that actually we probably didn't get on particularly because there was this there was a respect for my boss on me that this per and does know what he's doing. I disagree with a lot of it, but there's too many other people around the business that um, Ant's back is covered that I'm not going to interfere for fear of my own reputation suffering because Ant probably is confident enough to say, no, I'm not doing it uh, or fire me, um, which they wouldn't have done. So I think, for, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't, a and JB, just to, you, you're aware who I'm talking about here. I wasn't someone that was difficult to manage. I was someone that definitely went with what the right, was right for the business and its people. But it was unfortunately hugely damaging to the team's engagement. Um, within a year, a third of that team had left. Some of them couldn't leave because they had share options in the company and therefore were kind of tied to the business for other reasons. But they then became very, very uneasy. And then the new people that, that this leader brought in were bullied. Because from the, from the first day, they were told what they had to think and do, despite being senior leaders in their own right. And it became hugely challenging. Now, for those of you in the audience thinking, well, that's okay for a leader managing leaders. What about 
leaders, leading individual contributors. So then, you know, two or three levels down the business. Um, arguably, you shouldn't need to instruct people beyond their probation, I would assume, apart from, you know, a bit of guidance here and there. But my default position, even with my more junior people, is once they're at a level of competence that allows them to do their job and they're going to hit their objectives, then why should I be telling them what to think? Why should I be overbearing with them and supervising them and instructing them when actually all they want is to be listened to? They want to tell me what they're doing and they want to feel that they're confident enough to explain that to me in a way that they feel that they're valued for what they bring to the table rather than, you know, that's okay, but I'll do it this way. No, I mean, I now lead some people in areas that I have no clue over. I'm a learning specialist, but I have no idea on technology. I know what I want it to look like, but as for the nuts and bolts that make it, I haven't got a clue. Therefore, why on earth would I want to instruct someone that knows the job better than I do? And for me, that's where bad habits can be incredibly damaging to your reputation and ultimately is going to kill your prop, your business because your, or your team. Because if you're instructing people, they're going to leave. And then you do have to instruct the new start of the first few months anyway. And if you have that, that constant revolving set of seats, pff, you're not going to keep people for long. I, I think... Um... I would always want to recruit people uh, with a, a learning mindset, people who are curious about what's going on around them. Um, you know, I'd, I'd want to recruit people who have a an awareness um, button. You know, they just want to know. They're curious about what's happening to other people um, and their lives and what's happening around here why is that window open and that one's closed you know kids who are that kind of curious they tend to learn and they learn the curious ones really learn often you get people who've had that curiosity absolutely stamped out of them at various points you know don't be stupid you know let your brother do the thinking your sister do the thinking you you just get on with the thing you're really good at like playing the piano or um being good at art or whatever and you know and this isn't autobiographical by the way um <laughs> i i just meet people who uh have you know huge amounts of curiosity and I would I would want to recruit people who are curious. Where am I going with this? What I'm what I'm going to turning into now uh, is a sort of negative in leadership that people are not curious about. Uh, it is similar to being present, but it's that curiosity about what's happening, what's going on, and role modeling that uh, that that they are aware. You know that they they are paying attention to what's going on around them and they're curious about how things are working and they're asking questions uh about what's happening right now in this division or that division and that curiosity actually is infectious it's contagious it's 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 worth having inside an organization and we talk about you know the knowing and the focusing and the valuing if you don't have that level of awareness um you know you're not you're not going to bring out the best in your people you're not you're not going to create this fantastic vibe of curiosity how does this work how can we make it better so i i think um whatever the ob uh, the whatever the uh, opposite of curious is um i suppose it's a sort of level of disinterest isn't it 
Yeah. Um, maybe maybe one so focused on the PL and the balance sheet um, that you you don't you don't cover that level of curiosity about your, you know your people and their lives. A good question. Thank you for that. I've forgotten the person's name that submitted it now. Um, let me have a look one second because my screen is locked. Karmesh, thank you very much for that. Um, next There's question. There's so much more. There's so much more, Ant. There is. And we'll come back to it maybe if we have time, but I'm conscious there may be some more questions that will come in from the audience as well yet. So okay. if we have some time, we'll come back to that. Um, second question, anonymous. Um, what's the personal cost of leading a team to disaster? This, is, this kind of feeds in a bit what we we're talking about earlier, actually um what's the personal cost of leading a team to disaster our business is about to go into administration um and i'm not sure how i can run a team with that on all of their minds so i'm presuming it's not a secret then um we all know it won't end well how can we win and i'm guessing the emphasis on the word we here um mr bradley would you like to go first on this one um i uh, when i hear questions like this i'm i'm always it always makes me think of dignity um, and uh, dignity uh, is really important in the way that you go into things and the way that you come out of things um, in a dignified uh, manner. And yes, things can be really bad and things uh, can be really difficult, um, but leaving that situation with some dignity uh, I think is my first thought really about how do you how that for me is the win. The win is to leave that situation with dignity. Uh, I think aligned to that is helping to get the best learning opportunity uh, for those involved so that they've got a story to take to a future employee um or employer rather or, or to set up their own business or whatever it happens to be you know make the make the the learning from it as as rich as it can be um so that it's valuable learning how they're dealing with it um how others are dealing with it what they did to help other people through it uh, getting people really communicating uh about how they feel uh all the time about the change how they're managing it because some people will manage it better than others um so get everybody actually really talking getting a forum together actually a couple of years ago i was involved in a bit of this work and uh, to help a, a team actually through this sort of situation and I'm, I'm also reminded of cusp um which is increasing uh sense of control uh reducing uncertainty increasing support um, and reducing pressure. Now, some of those might seem unachievable, um, but actually you'd be surprised how, you know, if we have facts, that as many facts as we can get uh, to give us some sense of control, time is a really big factor about when are things going to start happening and in what order. Uh, how does that work? When I know these things, it helps me to communicate outside of work to people that I love, to, um, you know, to think about, you know, that my own personal timing towards making leaps and jumps and, and maybe I need to do a course or something, uh, getting some sense of increased control over the situation um, will help 
me to feel less uncertain a little bit not entirely it's not like i'm suddenly you know there's no uncertainty no life is full of uncertainty we'll never get rid of that um but also how do we support the increase 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 support and so often that support uh, can come from colleagues uh, from bosses and um, from direct reports you know it at a time like this it is in, it's so important to find uh, your team uh, that will support you through uh, this this change um, and also then I think you know the pressure the pressure of it and you know maybe that uh, needs more than conversations with colleagues and others maybe uh, it would be great to think that there is an allowance uh, for some uh, outside help and therapy and what have you for for people who really need it that really need that level of support through this kind of thing yeah. so cusp cusp is is a really good agenda to to really get people talking uh i've used it in in team meetings where this sort of thing was was happening and it was really useful just to have that conversation um last chance live audience to get your questions in if you want one in the q a box if you're just here to listen that is fine but um obviously make sure you get it in quick we have time for one more if you're quick but i must have a got answering this question now from the anonymous person so what's the per so i've had a bit of a different spin on this and i was listening to what jb was saying and um so the, the the kind of leading point of the question i think is what's the personal cost of leading a team to disaster now um i i guess when i first read the question I was trying to consider whether the person asking this question is asking it in the context of the personal damage on yourself, as in, you know, it's an incredibly stressful experience and that for, therefore has a cost uh, to you as an individual. But I, I then wondered, whilst JB was talking, whether you're referring to what's the personal cost of leading a team to disaster on your reputation, either on your CV or with those people that were reporting to you um and that that's kind of my take here is i have to wonder whether actually you see this as an opportunity if the organization's going into administration um i can tell you looking around some of my peer groups that have had to lead teams through administration as well that it does their cv good not harm nine to, if they've led their team effectively because ultimately the organization has a responsibility to its people and the shareholders and the investors and the financial institutions that ultimately have resulted in the administration of the company. And if you can lead an organization successfully through administration and either come out the other side in a new form. So I think in the US, it's some sort of protection order it's called rather than an administration in the UK administration doesn't mean your business is wound up that is the winding up order that comes after the administration if no one is able to recover the business or buy off bits of it to pay off the debtors and creditors but ultimately um if you are as according to the context of your question seeing that the ending is not going to be good a couple of things to think about one is this is a CV building learning opportunity for you as an individual so the personal cost should be seen as an investment in yourself in being able to lead a team successfully through this awful, awful period, where, as you say, there are no winners. Secondly, I go back to the point around courage that, you, that, that JB's quote um, excellently positioned at the beginning of today's episode, which is all around courage. And we'll go at it again. 
if anyone needs that statement reminded to them, it's probably you. And equally, I think you owe it to your people of which you lead to try and create as much certainty. The ship is going down. You are a captain of that ship or certainly a team lead of the captain, et cetera, et cetera. And I think you have a responsibility to create that comfort and stability during this period. If everyone knows it anyway, which I think from your message, that is the case, then I think you can all come off well from this. Yes, you're going to lose your jobs at the end of it, but having some understanding of that in advance gives you an opportunity to seek other work, which hopefully is good. But use this as a learning experience and tell your team the same thing. You know, these are opportunities for us to really think about our skills. And actually, we're being transparent. The journey's coming to a close. Let's help each other out from this situation. Let's see what we can do to help you build your experiences to make you even more appealing to another employer. So I would flip it on its head. And I, as I say, I know a CEO of an organization we work with at the moment, and they remain nameless, who actually on their CV talks about my role was to lead an org. I was taken on to take this company through an administration. They were hired for that reason. So I definitely think all of these experiences for us as a personal level should be seen as an investment, not a cost. I think if I had someone sitting in front of me who said, um, I, I chose to close this business with dignity and to help my people um, do that with me, with dignity, um, I, I would think, okay, that that sounds like a very positive way of looking at this um and you know that you aimed to give as many people as much control over that situation as you could including yourself um and that you you created support teams for uh everybody around you including you so whatever your name is um who's your team who's your support team doesn't that doesn't mean it's your direct reports it could include some of your direct reports but who's your team um to to retain that level of dignity um and to protect and uh, look after yourself and and your mental health who's your team some people inside the building outside the building outside your work um family friends just just identify your team um and get them get them to 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 help you uh, to look after yourself through this difficult time. What, what I what I find um, incredibly valuable is me and JB are in a unique position here. Not only are we uh, leadership thinkers <laughs> and bring these thoughts to you, um, we also go through these pains ourselves. So a lot of leadership program managers and facilitators either have not led a team for an awfully long time, or dare I say it, some leadership experts have never led a team, which I always find incredibly entertaining that these people claim to be experts in leadership. Um, but I think I have the the fortune, as does JB, of actually going through these pain points in the past and equally helping organisations go through these things as well. Um, and it is not a comfortable period, um, but I definitely would say um, these sorts of opportunities that present themselves should be seen as that. This is not a threat. It's an opportunity. This is something exciting for you to learn from. And administration isn't failure. You know, if, if to give you an example, <clears throat> the Yellow Pages, which I know is a relatively global phenomenon, although there are different names of it around the world, but the phone book, the business directory that you used to have through your door many, many, many years ago, 
um, those businesses have repeatedly failed around the world. That's because of the change of the world. Uh, and yes, you could argue, well, those businesses should have evolved with the times, but ultimately sometimes that doesn't work out. So businesses and the high street, look at the retailers now, you know, the, the retailer after retailer is going into administration because of the extortionate rents, whatever it might be. Um, you can create opportunity out of these problems for your team and yourself. Um, and if it is inevitable, as is inferred in the in the question, um, I think you definitely have to do it, do what's right for the business and its people. It's people in this instance, I suspect, is where you want your reputation to be strong. But you're going to get up tomorrow and do it all over again, aren't you? Um, <laughs> so look, we only have a couple of minutes left, and I think it is only right that we we uh, break the news to our dear listeners in the live audience uh, and the pre-recorded stuff that for the next. This is two the weeks, last podcast we're ever doing. Well, this is the last ever podcast we're doing for the next two weeks of August 2021. I know, yes, I well. Did you, did you see the audience all did emojis of, of I know, I saw the, the reactions just, <gasps> you're yeah. kidding. Uh, so for the next two weeks, me and JB, JB's off next week and he'll probably tell you in a second where he's going and I'm off the week after, um, which means there is going to be no podcast for the next couple of weeks. Um, but the good news is, as you probably are aware, we run a one week in arrears. So last week's episode goes live on all the podcast platforms today. And this one for those in the live audience goes on the podcast platforms next week. So what we may do in a couple of weeks time is then release it same day it's recorded, which then means we kind of you don't you only have a week off potentially. But in any case, um, Mr. Bradley, what are the plans for your vacation? Uh, Well, it's all about oxytocin for me. And uh, that means hugging a lot of hugging next week uh i'm going to be hugging my children uh and i'm also going to be having a big big hug uh with my little granddaughter who is now crawling about uh she's eight months old and she's absolutely gorgeous so i am going to be hugging her for hours and hours and hours uh releasing the oxytocin um so uh as well as that we're going we're going camping again um and um we're taking the bongo and uh, we're taking a gazebo uh it's a this is a big adventure this one this is this is yeah this is this is like going to a festival of love um with lots of releases of oxytocin everywhere um hugging and anyone that's not heard anyone that's not heard jb use that phrase before please google it before being offended it's not as bad as you think it might sound a bit (laughs) disgusting but it's not bad um, yeah, so there's going to be just a load of that, and um, I don't know what else can I say. Just, just happy, happy JB. There comes a point where you need to put yourself first, and me and JB have given, given, given for the. Well, I've not had a day off work this year yet, um, for reasons I won't go into now. So, um, me and JB are as much as we love doing this. The break will definitely do as good, I suspect. Um, in fact, I think last week it was five days we were doing training together every day. Oh, yes. Um, which we enjoy. Oh, I but, love it. Um, but sometimes you just need to go away and think and reflect and stuff, don't you? I'm also going to a wedding this weekend oh, yeah. up in Oundle near Peterborough. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> we're not going in the bongo, uh, but I do have a shirt to iron, uh, which is my challenge. Bloody hell. For the rest of the day is to iron a shirt. 
So um, JB's iron is that infrequently used. It's the ones you used to put in front of the fire. It's not yeah. a plug-in one. Oh, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. But I bought some starch, uh, and <laughs> um, and and I've got. I'm getting my suit out, and yeah, I'm, and so I'll be wearing a tie and my suit, polishing my shoes, ironing my shirt. I haven't done this for years and years. I've always found it funny that if you look at JB's profile on LinkedIn, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's him wearing a tie. And the only time I've seen him wear a tie is for that photo. <laughs> or there is one of our clients who the chief executive is very keen that we always wear ties to show up the rest of his employees for not wearing ties. But hey-ho, um, it's very amusing nonetheless. So as JB returns from his wedding and bongo trip, I will be disappearing off to the Lake District with my family for the week. So I'm nice. most looking forward. I'm pretty sure that we'll um, be in touch. I'll be sending you pictures of me absolutely sloshed at the wedding um, and also probably send you a few pictures of me with my little granddaughter in the middle of a field having a ginormous <laughs> scraping or crawling around uh, in the field. How it's, old is she now? entirely possible. Eight months. Wowzers. Where's that gone? I don't know, but uh, she 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 was crawling about, um, and so I've got to see her. I've got to yeah, see her. Definitely, definitely. Well, ladies and gents, you've reached the end of the hour. Thank you very much for listening to us. And of course, you made you can, it through to the very end. Yeah, you can submit your questions to globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com or glp at seal.com. Uh, JB and I will return, I believe, uh, in three weeks. Today is our next recording. Um, so if you want to be in the live audience and you listen to the recordings, you search podcast on Seedle, you'll see where you can sign up to these uh, typically. So all very good. You can sign up there um, and, of course, submit your questions. And, of course, if you want to listen to the back catalogue um, in the absence of us recording new episodes, most of them are pretty timeless. Um, in fact, I had a listen to one of our episodes from 18 months ago the other week. And I have to say a lot of the things we talk about then are as relevant today as they were then. So um, give them a listen. And of course, if you like the podcast, please leave us a five star review. And if you think it's rubbish, just don't leave us a review or tell us how we can improve it. But thanks very much for your time. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Have a lovely holiday, JB. Thank you very much. Ant. And let's do our quiet, quiet voice thing uh, rather than roaring. Bye bye. Bye bye.